This podcast is brought to you by Never Done Branding University, a community of entrepreneurs that are serious about leveling up their brand, sales, and impact. Become a member today and get access to the community to where you can network and collaborate with like-minded individuals, along with joining us for our live short-form video tutorials, where I show you how I film, edit, and so much more when it comes to video. And oh, I got you when it comes to marketing and showing you how to use social media to get your ideal customer. And of course, you get exclusive video of this podcast. So what are you waiting for? Head over to neverdonebranding.club and become a member of the community that has never done branding. Because if you're serious about your business, neither should you. See you in the community. Welcome to the podcast that has never done branding, where we talk about all things entrepreneurship and not just the glitz and glam that you're used to seeing on Instagram, but we really get real. From breaking down topics and teaching you all things branding to even teach you how to market yourself on social media. And of course, I have interviews with entrepreneurs from all walks of life to really talk about their experience and break down entrepreneurship for real. So if this is your first time here, make sure you favorite the podcast and also follow us on all social media platforms so that you can be a part of the community that has never done branding. I'm your host, Nasir Joachim, brand and marketing strategist. So let's get into today's episode. Hello, 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 and welcome to the very first episode of Never Done Branding, the podcast. I am so freaking excited about this. You guys, you don't even know how long this has taken me to do. Um, Because like, for instance, I've actually been doing uh, Clubhouse Rooms, which is an audio live app, uh, like an audio social media app, to where it's like a live podcast. You know what I mean? Um, But to actually do a podcast, it's taken me so long. And the real reason why, I'm going to give y'all the real tea before we really get to the show. You're going to be like, what the fuck? Um, What was holding me off is that I wanted to get a good podcast song. And even though the song that you just heard is not no Beyonce album or nothing like that, I wanted a podcast song. But I had to get out of my head and just be like, you know what? Start it even if you don't have like a signature podcast song and you can change it at another point. And I'm telling you this because as an entrepreneur, I feel like so many people go through that same kind of struggle. Like you feel like you have to have all of your stuff together, all of your things together in order for you to actually start. You know what I mean? So I was like, you know what? Let me just get this little copyrighted free music song wherever that I found on YouTube and do my recording, do the recording of my intro and call it a motherfucking day. You know what I mean? <laughs> so that's why I'm uh, I'm just... I'm just so super excited to be here. You know what I mean? So this first episode is about who the fuck am I? Because if you are just listening to me and you came here from the podcast and you've never seen my social media before, or you've never talked to me directly or whatever, you're probably like, well, who the fuck is he? And why the fuck should I give a fuck? You know what I mean? About who he is, what he does and how he can maybe help me. So and that's what this first episode is about. And also to break down what is Never Done Branding. Because you're probably like, Never Done Branding the podcast. Like, wh- what's that? You know what I mean? So I want to start off a little bit um, 
want to give you guys a little bit of the expectations of what this uh, podcast is going to be, what it's about, and so on and so forth. So the Never Know Branding Podcast is going to be all things entrepreneurship. So I'm going to be bringing on different entrepreneurs, but also just taking different topics. So like taking a topic like marketing or taking a topic like just email marketing specifically and breaking that down and talking about that. I'm also going to have uh, teachable lessons. So it's going to be something called Never Done Teaching. Uh, And those are going to be episodes that I'm actually live on Clubhouse, teaching the people on Clubhouse, and it's going to be repurposed into the podcast, okay? And so that's going to be coming out on Wednesdays, and then the main episode is going to be coming out every Monday. So you're going to get two episodes a week. One episode is going to be where I'm either interviewing someone or breaking down a topic, uh, and then the other episode is Never Done Teaching. So I'll be, you know, teaching whatever I'm teaching for that day. Like the last room that I just hosted on Clubhouse was branding to stand out on social media. Uh, So I talked, you know, just about what you can do as a person, as a brand to really stand out on social media um, because it's congested up in here. You know what I mean? So you need to be able to stand out. You need to have proper branding for yourself to be able to really stand out from the crowd. So um, those are going to be my my Wednesday podcast. So those that's definitely the day that you need to have your pen and your paper to really take some notes. And then also, every time I bring a guest on, I have two things that I'm going to ask them at the beginning of the interview and at the end of the interview. And the first one is called Attitude for Gratitude. So as an entrepreneur, I feel like that you know, we really need to be grateful because being grateful is what's going to help you overcome those days to where you definitely feel like shit. You know what I mean? Like you feel like everything is going wrong. You're not where you're supposed to be. You're not making the numbers that you want. You're not hitting your goals, but you need to be grateful. Be grateful for the roof that you have over your head. Be grateful for the water that you have running through your faucet. Be grateful for the food that you have on your table. Be grateful for the people that love you. Because there's motherfuckers that don't even got nobody that love them. You know what I mean? So gratitude for gratitude. And I'll be asking them, what are you grateful for? What are you grateful for? Just anything. It doesn't even have to be deal with entrepreneurship. What are you grateful for? Your mom, your dad, your cousin, your sister, your uncle, whatever. Who are you grateful for? Uh, What are you grateful for? And then the second, second one is going to be, what is your favorite brand and why? So I'm going to be asking them, what's their favorite brand and why? Especially, and the reason why I'm doing this is because I want you guys to hear on what makes people love a brand, loyal to a brand, and stick around to be a part of the community of a brand. You know what I mean? So all of my guests, I'm going to be asking them, what's their favorite brand and why? And also, if you would like to be a guest here on the podcast, just DM me podcast over on my Instagram, which you can find in the show notes if you don't follow me on Instagram already. DM podcast, and you'll get a little form for you to fill out and, you know, We'll kind of go from there. And then once I feel like that you'll be a good guest on the podcast, then I will uh, send you a me- uh, like a, you know, a little message to let you know to book your interview, yada, 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 so on and so forth. So those are the two segments. And that's how you can also become a guest here on the podcast as well. If you feel like that you are an entrepreneur that has a story that you want to share, you know what I mean? 
So let's get into today's episode. So who the fuck am I? So my name is Nasir. <laughs> As you heard in the intro of the podcast, my name is Nasir. I am a brand and marketing strategist. Uh, so I help entrepreneurs really get clear on their brand so that they can market themselves for success. And then systemizing their business for success then comes after that. Um, and that's, uh, you're here later on, on what I mean by systemizing, okay, in uh, later episodes. But I'm Talk about me today. We talk about me today. It's like, I'm just playing. Um, but I'm originally actually from Philadelphia, PA, but I currently live in Atlanta, Georgia. But I lived in Philly from about birth to about sixth grade. Born at Thomas Jefferson Hospital. Anybody that knows what Thomas Jefferson is, I don't even know if it's still there. Like, I don't think that hospital is even still there. Let me look it up. I, I kind of want to look it up now. Thomas Jefferson hospital philadelphia bam let's look because i think my grandmother told me it's not even there anymore oh no it's there oh it's i think it was her hospital that's no longer there (gasps) that's so fucking crazy bitch i'm really blessed i'm seriously blessed my angels is really watching over me child I was literally born at a hospital that the address is 111 South 11th Street. Like, that's crazy. And I'm later in the podcast, like you're here. I'm also a very spiritual person as well. But yeah, my hospital is still open. (laughs) I think she was actually talking about her hospital. Like the hospital she retired from is no longer like there. They like turned it into something else. But anyways, um, so I'm originally from Philadelphia, PA. Um, when I grew growing up, I lived with my mom most of my life. And you'll hear more about my story with my mom and things like that in another episode. I ain't got time for y'all to come here and be like, oh my gosh, I'm so sad. Um, because I my mom and I do not have a good relationship. And I actually recently just closed that chapter with her, but I'll have an episode. Um, you can message me on Instagram if you like, but I'll have an episode. Uh, if you guys are interested in hearing about it, my relationship a little bit deeper with my mom, but there's a lot of abuse there, a lot of neglect there, a lot of not really knowing how to parent properly because she didn't have the best example as a parent herself. You know what I mean? Especially growing up, like being an adult now, like I see that, I recognize that, you know what I mean? And so um, I'll talk about that at another time, but I live with my mom most of my life when I lived in Philly. Then we moved down here to Atlanta, Georgia. I think that was in like 2008. I was in sixth grade. I, w- I know I was in fifth grade going to sixth grade uh, and I was starting at a new middle school. And so um, from there, there was a, a lot of like um, court stuff that happened because once again, abuse was a part of the situation. And my school found out And I had to go through this whole process with my sister as well, because I do have, I actually have five sisters, five sisters, but the sister that's closest to me, we went through that whole situation in court, all this kind of stuff. And then the court actually ruled me to move with my dad and get my dad full custody. And that actually had me move to Delaware. And that's where I went to middle school, high school, and a little bit of college. So I kind of say that I'm from Delaware, but depending on who's asking will depend on where I am from. If I got to be classy, then I'm from Delaware. But if I got to be a little hood, I'm from Philly to let you know that I'm not that bitch you want to fuck with. (laughs) So, um, so yeah. 
So that's kind of like where I'm from, like geographically, you know what I mean? So I've lived in Philly, Delaware, and now currently in Atlanta, Georgia. And so actually growing up, like I was one of those kids that like, I wanted to do everything that you felt like that I could not do. Like versatility is my middle name. Like anybody that knows me knows that one, my skill sets as long as the Appalachian mountains, I play five sports editor in chief of yearbook. Um, I, I film videos, I edit videos, I do soundography. Like there's so many things that I do as a, as a talent, um, as an individual that, like in high school, it was no different. You know what I mean? Like I was doing a whole musical and a part of the swim team and one of the best swimmers on my team at the same time. Like I would go from swim, pra- I would go from musical rehearsal straight to swim practice. You know what I mean? And my even my senior year, actually had, I was doing swimming, had a job and was doing musical a lot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but that's just like who I am. Like, I, I just, it, it, I, I'm, I feel like I'm like obsessed with like the shock factor of like when people are like, oh, you can do that. You can do that too. You can do that. Like, for instance, like whenever I would do ballet, you know, a lot of guys don't do ballet, especially ones that look like me. You know what I mean? Um, it was always like so interesting and funny to like see people be surprised on how good I was. You know what I mean? And how fearless I was. Uh, and I had some amazing, amazing teachers, amazing um yeah, teachers, like, in school and in, like, dance class that always saw something in me. You know what I mean? Um, I had so many teachers that saw things in me that I didn't even necessarily see in myself, that I didn't even feel like that my parents even saw in me. You know what I mean? And so I did musical, I swam, played football, track, editor-in-chief of yearbook. Um, what else did I do? I even did a public club at one point. I did photography, um, and some other stuff too, but essentially I, I just loved doing things, but my high school experience is what I feel like has really cultivated me today because the amount of creativity that I bring to the table is like no other when it comes to my clients and the strategies that I bring to the table with my clients is like no other, because I really weave all of my experiences from my childhood to my adult life, which we'll get into in just a moment. Um, And I really use those things to come up with creative ways to grab attention, creative ways to brand yourself, creative ways to stand out. You know what I mean? Because there ain't nothing like a theater kid. You know what I mean? Like in theater, like y'all don't know, like in theater, we make it the fuck work. Even at my school, even though we had a very big budget for my theater program, like we literally have five motherfuckers flying in the air at the same time um, during Peter Pan, like legit. Five kids flying in the air during Peter Pan. Like, what school, what high school do you see doing stuff like that? We even had a show one time where we had over 100 people on the stage at one time for a dance number. Yeah, we were stunning. Look us up. Middletown High School. <laughs> so, um, so, yes, that, like, theater had taught me so much between building sets, because I helped build sets, um, the like the walls, the painting, you know, coming up with the sketch, the soundboards. I learned how to, you know, do sounds and, you know, what that, you know, kind of consists of microphones, lighting, all of that stuff. Um, we learned. And then we also learned about, you know, how to act, how to dance, how to sing. Like I had um, 
one of my extracurriculars, like in the school as well, was uh, musical theater. So I was a part of the musical that was after school um, and then also had musical class during the day <laughs> as one of my extracurriculars. So let's just say I was a very creative individual and it was it was a lot of fun. Um, but that was all in high school of like me living with my dad and, you know, my relationship with my dad has never been, you know, peaches and cream either. And that'll be another episode that I get into. I'll probably do an episode just based on the relationship with my dad, just based on the relationship with my mom. Um, because the, my relationship with my dad, like him and I are on better terms now, like in present day. Um, where my mom is like, that chapter has been closed. Like I just even recently, like a few weeks ago, sent her like a long message, basically saying like how I forgive her about the things, you know, that I've gone through with her and how I've learned so much from good and bad. Um, and that she just doesn't need to worry anymore as, you know, to carry that burden if she is of not being a mother to me. You know what I mean? Cause I have an amazing stepmom that has been in my life since I was in fifth grade. And so I, she has like living with my dad. She's been more of a mom to me than my actual mom. So I just was like, you know, I have a mom and I always have, you know what I mean? And you necessarily couldn't give me the love that I felt like that I need and I've needed. And I was so focused on that rather than focus on what I actually had. You know what I mean? Goes back to being grateful for what you have. But before we continue on, let's go to a quick commercial break and we will be right back. If you're enjoying today's episode, don't forget to follow us wherever you listen to your podcast. And oh, leave us a review because I want to hear from you and know what you think of the show. And I just may shout you out in my next episode for our community spotlight. And lastly, don't forget to share this with your friends, family, whatever entrepreneur that you know will get value from the show. So let's get back into today's episode. Before commercial break, I was talking about, you know, just like my parents and things like that. And so that'll come to another episode. So now, like within the story of who I am, what I do, leaving high school, I actually got kicked out by my dad because uh, he found out that I was gay. So I actually had to end up moving with an ex-best friend's family. And so this mom, it was funny because... I'm not going to say her name because I don't know if she wants me to like disclose. We're really not that close anymore. It's kind of sad. Um, but it was this lady that I was really good. Actually, I'm going to just say her fucking name. Her name is Stephanie. And um, back when I was in middle school, she like was obsessed with me because her daughter also went to my middle school. Um, she was like obsessed with me, you know, like my energy, things like that. And for some reason, back in middle school, she told me, if you ever need anything or anything ever happens... Let me know. You can always come with me. Like back in middle school, like middle school, I guess she kind of like saw, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I didn't even, I don't even think I told her that like my dad wouldn't be fond of me being gay. I don't know. I, I really don't know why she told me that. But basically when I got, got to the point of getting kicked out because I was gay by my time, I wanted to test that motherfucking theory, bitch. You going to have the same energy. And she did. <laughs> she did. And I wasn't even friends with her daughter anymore at that point. Her and her daughter actually didn't even have a good relationship at all. Like they fucking basically hated each other. Um, 
And so I moved in with them for quite a few months. I think I was there for about eight, nine months um, to really just get on my feet, figure out what the fuck I was going to do. Because remind you, I'm 18. So I'm working. I was working at Wawa at the time, which is a gas station up north. It's not just, you know, a rankety dang gas station. Those of you guys that know who Wawa is, let me know. Let me know. Um, But um, I was working there at the time. And, you know, I was just trying to figure out what am I going to do? <laughs> what the fuck am I going to do? Like I'm in school. Cause I was also in college at the time, which I stopped going there. Cause if my dad was going to pay for my college anymore, bitch, I wasn't going in debt. The fuck. Um, so I, uh, was in college at the time for civil engineering. Yes. My gay ass, a civil engineer. And the only reason why I even like started like enrolled as a civil engineer is because my stepmom's a nurse my grandfather's a doctor biochemist um so it was like in a way my stepmom like kind of like was trying to pressure me into getting like a good job you know what i mean like a job that paid very well that that was always the focus when we discussed like something like that and so that's why i went into it and i didn't want to go into the medical field Cause since I was little, my grandfather always say Dr. Nasir, like, I guess trying to fruition to me to go into the medical field. And it just didn't work out. Um, Cause I didn't want to go into the medical field. So I was like, you know, let me be a civil engineer. You know, I love math and also I love architecture, like real estate, architecture, all of that stuff. I love it. You know what I mean? And so I was like, civil engineering is the closest to uh, being an architect. You know what I mean? Especially at the school that I was going to, they didn't have an architect program. So that's civil engineer. So I was like, this is the closest thing. I can figure it out later, <laughs> basically. Um, but after I got kicked out, I said, fuck that school shit. I'm not paying for it. My dad paid for the last semester that I was at, cleared my account. We good. We You good. We good. I'm gone. Bye. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. And so at this time, I'm like trying to figure out what I'm doing. Um, I actually moved into the room upstairs that my... This is the funny part. This is the gag. My ex-best friend didn't live there anymore. She moved out of the house. Didn't even really tell anybody she was moving. She just fucking left. Like, she would show up at the house every now and then. One day I walked in. It was, like, I think the second day that I moved in. I walked in. The bitch is in the living room. We haven't seen each other for, like, months. Months. Like, actually, I think it was, like, a year at that point that we haven't seen each other. Last time we saw each other, we got into a huge argument because she was being a fake-ass bitch and she didn't want to fucking admit it. That's a whole nother story for a whole nother time. But she was being a fake ass bitch and did not want to admit it. I was calling her the fuck out on it. And she was upset. I mean, bitch, that's your fault. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's your fault. I don't know what the fuck I can tell you. Um, so I came into the, the house, saw her, and I'm like, ooh, shit. So then we had to have, you know, we had a conversation. After that conversation, to be honest, I didn't feel anything from it. Like, she was saying, you know, how she was sorry and things like that. But I didn't feel anything from it. And I was right. Because then after that, I didn't hear nor see the bitch ever again. Like, literally. Like, she never came back to the house. I think she got the rest of her stuff that was in her room that I moved into. You know. <laughs> and... Literally never saw her again, never saw her again. And that was fine. But that whole house was just a whole situation in itself. Like it, it was 
bonkers okay bonkers that's a whole nother story for another time let me know on instagram if you guys want to hear more about that story in that house that i lived in because it was very interesting so after i got kicked out moved there with them then from there it got to a point to where they were like okay so what are you doing like you're no longer in college you're not because i also applied to a school in new york didn't end up getting in um, and so they were like, you know, what are you doing now? So I actually moved down to Atlanta with my mom. Yes, the abusive one. <laughs> yes, the abusive one. Um, just because I was like, you know, I, I'm a person that doesn't really hold grudges. You know what I mean? Years have gone on. I'm a dis- different person. I hope that bitch is a different person. Um, which for, you know, spoiler alert, she was not. Um, but, <laughs> um, I was like, let me move down to Atlanta. I can move with my mom, you know, get on my feet, things like that. And that that was a horrible situation too. It was just not it, not it at all. Uh, but <laughs> so from there, I moved down to Atlanta. I worked at um, the Hampton Inn, which was a hotel. And that was actually the start of like my hospitality experience, which we're going to get into in just a moment. And I um, started, uh, was working at the Hampton Inn. I was so good at hotels. They loved me there. I I was there on a mission. Like, even when I started the job, like, I was like, I only, I know I'm only going to be here for a few months. I'm just here on a mission. I got some money that I need to make, you know, so on and so forth. Um, And I was also working at Starbucks at the time. So two jobs, Duolingo. Um, (laughs) And um, I'm I'm so stupid. I'm a mess. But, um, But yeah, so I would literally work at, Starbucks from like 6 a.m. to about like two-ish. And then I would go work at the hotel from three to eleven and do that. Not not every day I was, you know, working both jobs, but most of the days I was. And so that was it was just a lot. So I ended up moving down to Atlanta with my mom, and that was I was not in her house for that long. Like literally the day I get there. She's already talking about dispersing chores. I know that I'm like only 18 and, you know, I'm in your house and things like that. But come on, girl, like chores, the fuck, like, no. So that already like just had a bad taste in my mouth, but I didn't say anything. I, you know, I was cool. I, I did what I needed to do, but it was just like, it already was like off on a bad start. You know what I mean? Like I just got here just like, First day, like I just drove 14 hours to Georgia and you already talking about chores. Okay. So then from there, like I was like actually sleeping on her couch for a little bit because I, you know, had to make some money to, well, I actually had some money saved up. I saved up about 3000 to move down to Atlanta because I knew I wouldn't have a job right away. And that's also another thing. Then she's sitting here asking me already for money for the water bill and the electric bill. And I don't even have a fucking job yet. Like, and this was like a few weeks, like, I think like a, because I I didn't have a job for like the whole first month that I was here, uh, here in Atlanta. And I'm just like, I don't know, like something about that, like just roused me the wrong way, especially as a parent, like, girl, it's not like you need the money anyway. And I literally don't have a job yet. I have no problem with paying it, but let me get a fucking job first. That's literally the reason why I'm even here. So that, I hope already this is giving you a a foreshadow and an understanding of who my mom is and the type of person she is. Um, 
and why I just I, I don't have a relationship with her and why I, I don't care to have one. You know what I mean? I hope I wish her all the best. I hope she faces her trauma, deals with that, all of that stuff that she needs to do because she has a whole shit story, shit storm of her own. Um, but I wish her all the best. You know what I mean? But it just, it wasn't it for me. And then there was even another time where she got into a, a fight with my sister. My sister storms out the house. I had to go drive, find my sister, drove her all the way because we need to stay somewhere. And the only person that I knew at the time was the guy that I was dating. We had to drive all the way to fucking Tennessee. Like, and then my mom drove all the way to Tennessee to come get her because my tire ended up getting flat when I was in Tennessee at his house. Whole ordeal. But, um, but yeah, so I lived with my mom for a little while. Then she ended up kicking me out. Literally the reason why she kicked me out was because she got upset about, she wanted me to pay to get the grass like cut and stuff like that. And I was like, well, we have like a lawnmower and stuff so I can just do it myself. Cause I literally could not afford, I could not afford to pay someone to come and get the grass done. And if you really want it done that bad, heifer, pay somebody your damn self. Like the fuck. And so we literally got into a whole like argument because I said that I would just cut the grass myself because I couldn't afford it. And she had a whole attitude and this was over text message. So then I come in, finally got home, come in. She still has her little stink ass attitude. Y'all know how y'all cancers be. And if you're a cancer and you're offended, take it up with somebody that gives a fuck. Cause I don't, um, but still sitting there with an attitude for no reason, like absolutely no reason. So at this point I'm fucking annoyed. Cause I'm like, what the fuck are you even mad about? It's not like I was like, no, I can't do it. Like, I literally gave you a fucking solution. You know what I mean? And so um, that whole ordeal turned into a whole ordeal. Like, she then starts calling me a faggot and talking about, like, my faggot attitude and all of this stuff. And remind you, like, I didn't even have an attitude when I was texting her. She probably thought I had an attitude because that's that's the first thing is that... Yeah, I mean, a text message and you can read it wrong, but that's the first thing she always does is go straight to negativity when I was literally giving you a fucking solution, a conclusion. You know what I mean? Um, and so she starts calling me like a faggot saying I got my little faggot attitude and getting all high, raising her voice, yelling. At this point now, I'm, I'm up here because I'm one of those people, I'm going to match your energy that you're giving me, especially her, because I already have a bad experience with her. Like I already am used to the abuse mentally, physically, emotionally from her. You know what I mean? So now as an adult, I know that you ain't going to fucking hit me. You know what I mean? Like I wish a bitch would. Um, as an adult, I know she's not going to hit me. So it is like, at this point, I'm like already up here. Like Cause I'm just pissed on why am I even arguing with you about this when I literally gave you a fucking solution. So that turned into a whole ordeal. We're going back and forth. I'm slamming fucking doors. We yelling at each other, literally in each other's face like this. Those of you guys that can see me on video in the never done branding community, we're literally like this face to face, like yelling at each other. Um, she tells me to get the fuck out. So I take the key off. I throw it at her face slammed the fucking door uh, at the garage. I think I actually broke that door at the garage. That's how hard I slammed it and left. 
And from there, I literally had to go to a friend. I, I just met this girl like a few months ago too. Her name was Mary. Her and I were really good friends when I first moved here to Atlanta. Um, and I slept on her floor, slept on her floor. And those times, like <laughs> we went through a lot of shit. Like I just remember her and I crying in the bathroom together. Like, how are we going to get out of this situation? Like she was behind on her rent about to get evicted, which spoiler alert, she got, ended up getting evicted. Um, we got evicted together. Like, cause I was still with her staying at her place. Um, and it was just a, a crazy mess, just a crazy mess. I was a server at the time and my hotel that I was going to be working at still wasn't open yet. I was a part of the opening team out of uh, Fairfield here in Atlanta and it just, it still wasn't open yet. So, but like we would go there like, you know, a few days out of the week to either do trainings or to, you know, move some things in the hotel, like, you know, start getting it ready. And so I didn't have that much money. And also as a server, because I didn't have pay steps for the hotel, as a server, I was trying to get an apartment and it was so hard to get an apartment because as a server, they didn't take that as like a feasible income because it fluctuates. You know what I mean? So I didn't have like pay stubs or a way to show that I made three times the rent. So this is what fucking gags me. This is what gags me. Rather than my mom being a co-signer or my parents being a co-signer for me, because I asked both of them, include also my grandfather too, like rather than them being a co-signer to help me get an apartment, one, they were just like, fuck it. I mean, looks like you so well, basically. But then my mom decides to help me make fake pay stubs and said that was like a barber at like a barber shop. And it was like a 1099 so that we didn't have to like calculate, um, you know, taxes and stuff. And so she helps me make pay, fake pay stubs rather than just being a co-signer because everybody was so fucking worried about me fucking up their credit, which reminds you. Remind you, I've never got evicted from that apartment. I've actually never been evicted before at all. Um, and I'm like, why are y'all so worried about, you know, me messing up y'all credit when if I am coming close to getting evicted, I'm going to call y'all and say, hey, can you help me? And y'all are going to help, like, especially my dad and my grandfather. Um, so I'm like, why are y'all so worried about me messing up? But that was a whole situation in itself. But um, so, yeah, so I finally moved into this apartment and but just the time that I was living with her, like there was just it was, it was I don't know. It was just I, at that time I was just buck wild. Like I was I was like so like depressed that like I was partying all the time. And even when I moved into my new apartment, it was the same thing. But now even worse, because now I got a job and I was getting paid pretty good, too. Like it was a cute cute amount i think at the time especially for me being 18 at that time um i think i was getting paid like 13 14 dollars an hour as a front desk agent so i would i was sitting cute you know what i mean going out partying getting drunk just all the things that like and like even me just thinking about it now like i'm i don't know i'm getting like a little you know, teared up behind my eyes, you know what I mean? Just cause it like, when you really reflect on where you came from and the shit that you was going through back then, you like, damn bitch, you really that bitch. You know what I mean? You really that bitch, you know? Um, because 
we really we really went through some shit together her and i and then even you know just me on my own uh it was a lot anyways so from there i worked at the hotel and this is actually where a lot of like my workforce experience comes into play workplace experience comes into play because after a few months i actually ended up becoming a front office manager um because even the training team of marriott that came and trained us they told my gm you need to watch out for him because he is going to be really good at what he does but before i really get into the experience of my hotel of the hotel industry and you know how that has helped me today Let's go to a quick break and we will be right back. This podcast is brought to you by Never Done Branding University, a community of entrepreneurs that are serious about leveling up their brand, sales, and impact. Become a member today and get access to the community to where you can network and collaborate with like-minded individuals, along with joining us for our live short-form video tutorials, where I show you how I film, edit, and so much more when it comes to video. And oh, I got you when it comes to marketing and showing you how to use social media to get your ideal customer. And of of course, you get exclusive video of this podcast. So what are you waiting for? Head over to neverdonebranding.club and become a member of the community that has never done branding. Because if you're serious about your business, neither should you. See you in the community. <laughs> Hotels. Hotels is actually a, a big part of my experience today. Like, Literally, because starting out at that hotel as a front, de- uh, front desk agent, I got really good at what I did, which led me to being a front office manager just in a few years. So I was a manager since I was like 18, 19. Seriously, managing people three times my age, two times my age, like it wasn't easy, but it taught me so much about. And also, I used a lot of my skills, like I talked about in the beginning of this podcast from high school, a lot of those skills of being in all of those programs. I was in Business Professionals of America. That was another one that I forgot to mention to you guys, um, where we did speeches. We learned how to talk to people, uh, table etiquette, all of that kind of stuff. So a lot of my experiences from high school, being in different environments, having to adapt to different people, all of that stuff. Now it's being brought over into my management style, you know what I mean? And how I am as a manager, how I operate and how I became comfortable as being a manager and my leadership skills. I'm also a Leo. So, you know, us Leos, we're natural born leaders. (laughs) So that like um, me being a manager and being a front office manager really helped me and, you know, becoming a leader really helped me. And uh, now being an entrepreneur really helped me with speaking to people, problem solving, accounting, um, so on and so forth. And then from there, from that hotel, they saw how good I was doing and they, Oh, excuse me. They saw how good I was doing there. And I actually was asked to go to a struggling hotel because our hotel was doing really good. Our reviews was in the green. We was thriving. Our numbers was good. We're a brand new hotel, making money, um, sold out, all that kind of stuff. But then they asked me to go to the struggling hotel, which was actually an exit down. (laughs) Exit down in a total different company because they were franchises. It wasn't Marriott own. They were franchises. So... The first company, that was one franchise. The second company was a different franchise. But that GM came into my hotel 
saw me, talked to me, and essentially offered me a job down there. So I was like, you know, I mean, if I can make a little bit more money, if I can make a little bit more money, I'm on as well. You know what I mean? And also to help with my experience, build my resume, all that kind of stuff. So I ended up moving. Um, and that hotel was struggling, had to deal with a lot. Front office, the front, uh, the front desk agents, they just thought they knew fucking everything. And they were just a hot mess. The GM there, he was also a hot... Because the one that hired me ended up not even being my GM for long term because he ended up leaving. And then another one came in. And I'm like, so bitch, you just going to hire me and dip out? Because then he left me with a GM that didn't even allow me to really do my job to an extent. Like, it was to the point to where my front desk, like, if it wasn't coming from him, they didn't care. And so that made my job a lot harder as the front office manager to where I'm like, I'm firing people. You know what I mean? Because if you're not going to listen to what I need you to listen to, you need to go. But within that hotel, they were in the red for months, like in the red and to the point to where they almost lost their flag. Um, which losing your flag is basically uh, doesn't allow you to be a Marriott hotel anymore. And so within about six months, I got them from being in the red into the green and the company. I remember when they came like the corporate, they had like a corporate training at our hotel for like a week and they were like congratulating me, telling me how good I am. And in my head, I'm just like, okay, that's cute. But where's my bonus? Where's the raise? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) where's that? And so that hotel totally flipped around. And from there, we actually had some uh, task force sales manager, which task force is essentially like when you go to a hotel for an assignment um, because they either need help with the management, um, they need uh, training, they need to fill a position temporarily, you know, so on and so forth. But it goes based on your experience or which assignments that you get. So we had a task force sales manager And she was like, you know, you'll be really... Because her and I, we were pretty close. And because she was there for months, like months. She was there basically the whole time that I was a front office manager there, basically. Because they could not find a sales manager for whatever reason. And so she was like, you know, I think you'll do a really good job with the company that I work for. And you also get to travel, stuff like that. They pay for all your shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I put in my resume and I, I ended up, you know, getting a job. I ended up, you know, being an independent consultant with them. And I was able to travel the United States to different hotels. My very first assignment was in uh, Gateway, Colorado, which was an hour outside of Grand Junction. Um, And this helped even more with my experience because now I'm having to adjust to each different hotel. I'm now having to adapt very fast. I'm now having to adapt to different personalities. I'm now having to, you know what I mean? Like now being a task force front office manager, now my experience is going up and up and up and up and up. You know what I mean? And that was a resort. So it was Gateway, Colorado, an hour outside of Grand Junction. And that was a resort. It was actually owned by the founder of like the Discovery Channel, so on and so forth. It was a resort. It was stunning. Very first assignment. I was like, ooh, I can get used to this. I can get used to this. Um, but it was super cool because all of the employees that worked there were all from different countries. Um, some were from Serbia, Dominican Republic, South Africa, North Africa. It's like, (laughs) do people even say North Africa? But anyways, um, so many different countries, like literally so many different countries. They were there on like visas because since it was a seasonal resort during the summertime, they would come and work. And then during the wintertime, they only had the full-time people, which are the people that lived in the United States, um, 
And it was only a few of them because they really didn't have that many people that came in the wintertime. So it was just so amazing to be able to work at a resort, which leveled up my experience as um, in the hotel industry, because anybody that has worked in hotels, most of my experience were in select service. So like Fairfields, courtyards, you know, things like that. Um, So working at this resort helped me realize that one, a hotel is a hotel, so all the shit is really the same, but it's just bigger, and there's just more people that you're working with, and there's a restaurant, and there's a, a spa, you know what I mean? But also, too, um, it really did help with my experience and help with my growth, and it was just amazing to get to know all of the people there. It was amazing to, you know, just be on my first assignment and be literally in a, a place that I've never been before all my shit paid for. I actually went on a horseback riding um, excursion there because they had horseback riding. And I also went uh, to the spa because the, they had a spa there, which was stunning. Oh, it was so gorgeous. Um, got me a real good massage. I remember that. That was a good massage. Mm-hmm. But from there, task force, I traveled to a few other hotels around the US, things like that. Then it got to a point to where task force started to dry up. So there were assignments for them to send me to. And if you don't have assignments, you can't go nowhere. And this is where shit for me kind of to, you know, get a little hard. You know what I mean? Because I didn't have any assignments. So I was thinking after I left that assignment, um, after I left my last assignment, that like I was consistently going on, came back home. I'm thinking that I'm going to go on another one within like two weeks or so. So I'm not even worried about money. I'm sitting here going to Six Flags three times a week with my friend and paying for every ticket. I didn't have a seasonal pass. I was just paying for every ticket Um, because he had a seasonal pass and I got like a little bit of a discount. I think it was like $30. I don't know. Anyways, it really doesn't matter to the context of the story. Um, But I was going to do a leap of concerts. I was going out every weekend, spending money because I'm thinking I'm about to go on another assignment. I don't get another assignment for like another month and a half. And so at this point, I'm like, yes, I am struggling and on the verge of eviction. So that's where I like call my grandfather and ended up helping me with that. But that was pretty hard when it came to task force. And I was like, uh, I don't really want to have to keep dealing with this. So I actually decided to go to a hotel um, here in Atlanta. And that's when I started working at in a loft and I actually was their first front office manager there. I put all of their systems in place within the front desk and I did an amazing job. Amazing job there. I mean, it got me promoted to assistant general manager, which then leveled up my experience even more. And that allowed me to become the youngest assistant general manager to work for Marriott at only 21. And so my experience got even more because then I started to deal with accounting. And then now, rather than being the manager of the employees, because, you know, as a front office manager, I did hiring, firing, um, all of that good stuff. I learned so much from that hotel. My very first employee that I hired at that hotel as the front office manager, um, he was a, a man of a particular age. He was up there. Like he was definitely three times my age at the time. Um, Cause three times is two. Yeah. He was in his sixties. Yep. Pernell was definitely in his 60s. Um, And because he was a person of a particular age, we clashed in the beginning. You know what I mean? Because I was his manager. But we ended up learning so much from each other and about each other that we ended up becoming very, very close. He was there from the very first day I hired him to when I got fired. Like, legit. My employee retention rate at that hotel was 
A1. Because all my employees loved me. They hated my fucking GM. Like, they hated that bitch. But they all loved me. And literally, the reason why some of the people that did leave was literally because of her. It was, like, to the point to where I told her, because her and I, we were close. Like, we were cool. I didn't really see much of a problem with her to an extent. Um, You know. (laughs) But... um, it was to the point where I told her, I was like, just please don't talk to my front desk. Like, just don't talk to them. Like, I don't need your help. You don't need to talk to them. We're good. Because um, I was just losing just people because of her. Like, but anyways, most of my employees were there for a very long time. Um, from the beginning all the way to when I got fired, which happened after the pandemic done happened and all that shit. So him and I, we learned so much from each other, Pernell, um, the first um, person I hired. And then I became an AGM, which an AGM is second in command of the hotel. So I started to do accounting. And then rather than managing the employees, I now manage the managers who manage the employees. So I had, I promoted one of my front office, uh, front desk agents to a front office manager. And then she became the front office manager. And then I had to also manage the housekeeping manager along with the bar. We didn't have a direct manager over the bar. So I was the direct manager over the bar. So I now had to learn like alcohols and I did all the ordering for the bars, basically had to learn how to be a bartender. But even though I had a bartender, she was really good at what she did. Like really, really good. I didn't have, I really didn't have to worry about the bar because she had my bag. I was like, girl, you see me, you know what I mean? But I had to do all the ordering in the hotel from the food to the amenities to the uh, um, to the bar, like all of that stuff. So that taught me that. It then taught me accounting because I also had to do the accounting. I had to process um, the money that we got for today, for the day, take it to the bank. Um, you know, I got to see the P&L, so profit and loss. So how much money we've made, how much um, expenses we've had to pay, all of that stuff hiring, firing, um, HR things, you know, all of that. So being an AGM taught me so much. And yes, I struggled when it came to task force, but I felt like that struggle needed to lead me to that hotel so that I can go up to that next position. And I was actually almost in a GM, almost a GM. If the pandemic did not happen, I would have became the youngest GM to work for Marriott because Back when, fast forward to the beginning of this podcast, um, back when I was at the Fairfield, Peter, who hired me there, um, he was one of the youngest GMs to work for Marriott because he became a GM at 25. I would have became a GM at 22. So I was so annoyed about that because they were literally building my... Uh, franchise was building two new hotels. And one of the hotels used the same exact system that we use and... I was one of the, well, our hotel, the people that worked at our hotel were the only people that knew our software because all the other hotels within our franchise use Fosse or they use Opera, where ours was Lightspeed because we were a old Starwood hotel that got purchased by Marriott. So we became a Marriott hotel, a loft. And so I, I was like this close. Then the pandemic happened. I was the active GM during the pandemic because my manager got sick. So for like two weeks, Literally, I was firing all my fucking employees, sending separation letters, having a mental breakdown in my damn office. Like, it was a whole ordeal. But I don't regret any of it. Then she came back, and then we closed the hotel, like, completely. But then we had to stay there for, like, four days out of the week and then three days at home. Like, 
but we had a good time. We was drinking at the bar, having pool days, um, uh, inviting friends to the hotels. She had some hookups that came to the hotel. Like we was having a good time. We smoked weed on the uh, the roof of the <laughs> roof of the hotel. Like it was definitely um, a good time. Then we reopened. Still wasn't making any money. I got the boot, so I got fired. And then basically started my business from there. I already had my marketing agency before leaving the hotel. But at that point, I was like, all right, now it's time to go, 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 go. So then now goes into like my entrepreneur journey. And I started my marketing agency, Royalty Ads, uh, which was a market. I don't. Well, we still are up and running. We have a CRM software, but it's not anything that I really take new clients on because that's the thing about entrepreneurship is that you learn so much as an entrepreneur of what you want to do, what you don't want to do. Because I knew that I wanted to go into marketing because I was doing marketing for these hotels. You know what I mean? And that was something that I knew how to do. And it came easy to me. And I was like, hotels need marketing. They need help with social media. They need help with their strategies because they focus too much on third party, like Expedia, TripAdvisor, all that kind of stuff, rather than direct traffic. So that was the idea that I had. Didn't work out too well. (laughs) Did not work out too well. Um, Because getting in contact with like people for hotels was just a lot of work. It was too much trying to convince people, so on and so forth. Um, So then I pivoted to working with everyday entrepreneurs. And then that definitely helped me get off the ground, making some money, so on and so forth. So, and in later videos, I'm going to talk more about my entrepreneur journey because we are coming up to the end of this podcast. But that was just a little bit about who I am, my life, a little bit of my experiences and, you know, what has made me to the person today. And yes, I've gone through... A lot of ups and downs, a lot of ups and downs, but I've also, I've, I've had a lot of great things happen. Like I didn't even mention here in the podcast about um, me getting signed to a talent agency and then going to New York Fashion Week. <laughs> like that, that was an amazing experience for me being on sets with Queen Latifah, Kiki Palmer, like all of those kind of things. And I'm just I'm just super excited for this podcast because I'm definitely going to dive more into my journey directly as an entrepreneur. I'll probably have that as a separate podcast, a uh, separate episode, but I wanted to kind of introduce you guys and give you a background of who I am, where I come from, and all of that stuff. I didn't even mention where Never Done Branding comes from, but the Never Done Branding podcast, like Never Done Branding, the name actually came from which now I have Never Done Branding University, which you guys can become a member of. Um, and Never Done Branding actually came from pot, uh, like me being on Clubhouse, which is the audio app that I was telling you about. And, um, you know, there was always, you'll be on stage with other people. So like on the app, you're on stage. Uh, and then you'll be, there's like a listening lounge where you can't talk. But if you're on stage, then you're talking and then you have moderators that have like a little green bean. Back in the day on Clubhouse, because the culture of it has changed quite a bit now. But back in the day, you'll have so many people on the stage that like, it was hard for you to kind of stand out. So I was like, let me do a closing. You know what I mean? Nobody was really doing a closing back then. Um, so I was, every time I got finished speaking, I would say, my name is Nasir and I'm never done branding. And that stuck with a lot of people. Like if you did not remember anything I fucking said, you always remembered my closing. Like I would literally even go to rooms, like different rooms, because like, it's an app that 
Go look at the fuck up. I'm not here to, they not paying me. Go look it up. What Clubhouse is. But I will go to another room and um, I would talk and I would say my closing. And that's how people would literally remember me was from my closing. So I trademarked it and decided to, you know, make it into multiple things. I have never done branding apparel. I've never done branding university, which is my community of entrepreneurs. And then now the Never Done Branding podcast. So I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. I know that I have. This may, let me know if you enjoyed it. It may have been all over the place. I don't know. We're going to listen to it later on (laughs) and find out. But this is my first episode and uh, I'm super excited on what this podcast is to bring. I know this is going to end up being the number one entrepreneur podcast. I'm already motherfucking claiming it um, because... It's going to be stunning and really get real on what entrepreneurship is because you guys deserve it. Stop, you know, focusing on just the glitz and glam that you see on Instagram and know what the real deal about entrepreneurship is. So I hope you guys learned a little bit about who I am, what I do. And if you want to, you know, connect with me, visit neverdonebranding.club and become a member of our community. Uh, Give me a follow on all social media platforms, Nasir, N-A-S-I-R underscore J-O-A-C-H-I-M on all social media platforms. And I will see you guys in the next episode of Remember, I'm never done branding and neither should you. (laughs) See you guys in the next one. I just want to thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you made it this far, you're stunning. (laughs) I hope you really got some value to take away to apply to your business and or life. But don't forget to leave us a review because I would love to hear your thoughts on the show. But also, you may just end up being my next community spotlight where I spotlight you here on the podcast along with my social media platforms. And lastly, don't forget to share this with your friends and family so that they can can also get in on the value. Thank you again, and I'll see you in the next one. <laughs> Bye.